0: Gumbawale for the win. Yeah! Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdahl. Remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at WVB. We have incredible hosts from Erica Ayala to Trina Mustafa, who you can hear talk about the game we love every single day. Make sure that if you're listening to Locked On Women's Basketball, this is just your first listen of many. Locked On Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, we are celebrating freedom of choice. From coconut to cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and much more. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 15% off your order. 15% off your order at built.com, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and remember, Grandma Myrna sent you. So we've got a really interesting extended conversation I had with some other media members, and Greg Bibb, president, managing partner of the Dallas Wins. But let's talk about the Wins before we get into it. If you go by a stat... It's a flawed stat, but it's a stat I go to a bunch called player efficiency rating. The leaders in player efficiency rating in the WNBA are typically around the upper 20s to 30. Something to keep in mind. The leader in player efficiency rating on the Dallas wins in 2021 was not Enrique Grunboale, it was not Marina Mabry or Satu Sable or Mariah, it was Isabel Harrison, but it's at 19.7. Now, that is not a bad number, especially for Harrison, who is a role player, who does a lot of different things, and came off the bench for part of the year. You are talking about, and came out off the bench, I should say, for most of the year. Five starts all season. But I don't think it's fair to say, and this is not a slight of Arike, what she can be, but I don't think it's fair to say there is a clearly efficient star on the Dallas wins right now. And so I use that as a frame for what follows. Greg Bibb is talking about, and you'll hear it, we'll get into it, continuity being what lifts the Dallas wins from what they were this year, which was a playoff team. Undeniable accomplishment. Yes, 14 and 18 is not what you would call an elite season. Slightly below par when it came to net rating as a team. But the question is, can this group through continuity alone, get from where they are now to a true, legitimate, contending team? And I ask that for a couple of reasons. One is, this is a team that has a couple of draft picks coming up, somewhere one through four, thanks to the Los Angeles Sparks, along with six. Six. Is there a star in this draft? Maybe at one. If we're talking about Ryan Howard, we'll obviously get a lot more into her future coming up with college season. Cannot wait. College season's almost here, you guys. It's October today. They're practicing, there's going to be games. You get a little bit of a breath, like a single breath. On or about October nineteenth, when the finals ends for the WNBA, and then boom, we're right in. Yeah, yeah. I'm already, I'm, I'm free sight. But if you're not getting that star for Dallas from the draft, then you got to ask a different question, which is, if it's not there, is it through free agency and a trade? Well, Dallas has tried. Dallas has made big swings is the way it was put to me by a lead talent evaluator. But players haven't wanted to come to Dallas more than they've wanted to come to other teams. I can't speak to whether they'd want to at all or how seriously they considered Dallas. But the bottom line is the stars who have been available have gone elsewhere. And we've seen the... Stars you'd define in such ways like Skyler did in Smith and Liz Cambage, have left. You know, we, you know, we can get into why we have gotten into why on this program in the past, both from a team perspective and from a player perspective. But those are the, that's the reality of it. The stars have left, stars haven't come. Now if you build a culture do people follow, you know, we saw that in Brooklyn. On the NBA side, we've seen that numerous other places. Hell, you saw it in Minnesota last year. And Kayla McBride, Ariel Powers. They wanted to come to Minnesota because of what the Lynx had built. Can Dallas do that? And if it's not a star coming in free agency and trade, and it's not a star they are able to get in the draft. A further thing I'd note, Enrique Ogumbawale is not a rookie anymore. Eventually she's going to run out of her rookie contract, and Enrique is going to have to want to make the decision to come stay. So if you don't do it that way, then yeah, it's got to be continuity. So for Greg Bibb to be, and you hear about it, betting on continuity, there's a lot of reason to do that, right? The Connecticut Sun right now the top overall seed in the current playoffs, built over continuity over a period of many years. Phoenix Mercury have bet on the continuity of their star partnership between Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. The Chicago Sky, yeah, they added Candace Parker this offseason, but that's a group in place, I, I had a lead town evaluator point out, you know, a better part of four or five years. A lot of the current Chicago Sky was put together by Amber Stocks. So you put all that together, and you're talking about continuity being the bet. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense if you're thinking in terms of what the Dallas wins can be. So we'll get into it. Let's hear what Greg has to say about Arike, about the partnership with Marina Mabry, and what she can be moving forward. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens in Dallas. So without further ado, here's that conversation with Greg. This is Howard McDowell. You're listening to Locked on Women's Basketball.
1: We'll open it up to questions using the raise your hand feature. Go ahead, Greg.
2: Thanks, Andrew, and good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Um, Recording in progress. For what Andrew mentioned, I did want to start with a very brief opening statement and then I'll be happy to answer any questions you may have but when I think about the 2021 season I deem it a big step forward for us we accomplished our primary goal of making the playoffs and I really think we're ahead of schedule in terms of our rebuild plan when you consider that the entire coaching staff including head coach Vicki Johnson was new um, three of our players or a quarter of the roster were rookies uh, half of our roster had two or fewer years of WNBA experience, um, and we still found a way into the playoffs. We got a taste of what the playoffs are about, and we'll use this year as a stepping stone um, for 2022 uh, and beyond. I think you know when you looked at how our players reacted to the end of the season, in Chicago. I know Vicki mentioned this in her post game media comments, uh, everyone was really disappointed. And you could tell that there's belief in that locker room that we have the core group um, to go beyond where we ended up um, this year. Um, and, and I believe that too. Um, you know, when I look at the roster that we've assembled in the last two to three years, I'm really excited about our talent level and our upside. And then when you look at some of the business um, elements of that, perspective, you know, we have a lot of roster flexibility in terms of our cap space for the foreseeable future. Um, and, you know, once again, we'll head into a draft uh, with two high picks, no worse, worse than fourth and sixth, I believe. And if the ping pong balls go our way, it could be fourth uh, with the lottery pick we own through the trade we made with LA prior to this season. So um, whether it be free agency or the draft, we'll continue to look to improve our team but I think we took a big step forward this year. Um, and as I told the players in the locker room after the game in Chicago, uh, while disappointed, um, there shouldn't be a lot of sadness because it really to me felt like a beginning and not an end because the core group that we've assembled taking a step and it wasn't the last step. Um, with that, um, the only other thing I wanted to share was, you know, it was a challenging year from a COVID perspective. Um, and I really appreciate um, everyone who participated and found the way through all of those challenges and that be, uh, the coaching staff, the front office, the players, um, our fans, uh, and you, the media, uh, for sticking with us and, and doing things that weren't normal, um, to cover the team and provide information on the team. And again, I, I thank you for that. And with that, I will open mm-hmm. it up to questions. Great. First, we're going to go to Howard Megdahl.
1: Howard, go ahead and ask your question.
0: Thank you, and Greg. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Um, I, I, I got two if I could. Um, the first is just when you look at where this team is and sort of the arc, right, of development versus being where you want it to be, I guess I just wonder how you define where you are on that arc.
2: Yeah. So as I mentioned, I think the primary goal for us was to find our way into the playoffs this year. I think you could ask anyone within the organization that we're a little disappointed in terms of our total wins and our record at the end of the year. I think there are certainly some games, if you look back, we think we could have won. I think we lost seven games by five or fewer points and five games by three or fewer points, if I'm right um so certainly there's some disappointment in the end result of the record but primary goal number one heading into the season was to qualify for the playoffs and take that step so we got that experience we know what it feels like and we can build upon that in 22 and and beyond and you know i think if you look at it from the very macro sense of that was our primary goal i think we're ahead of schedule or right on schedule at worst and i think we are transitioning now from a 100% 100% build mode mm-hmm. to uh, heading towards win now mode. I don't want to say we're at absolute win now mode right now. We'll see what free agency brings us and, and the draft and potential trades. But I think we're on our way to making that transition and and to be more concerned about the win-loss record, the playoff seeding, and what we do in the playoffs than perhaps just 100% roster
0: build. Well, my second is related to that, and, and it's more of a macro question as well, which is to say – you have these two high picks. Uh, you've had, obviously, uh, a lot of assets coming through the draft uh, year after year. You also, if you so choose, have 12 players who are potentially under contract for 2022. Uh, and I just I wonder when you think through how you want to approach this offseason, how much continuity comes into play and how much it feels like, you know, there are pieces that need to be added.
2: I think you you mentioned the key word, continuity. We've had so much change here in so many ways over the last couple of years by design for the most part and part of a plan, a long-term strategic plan. But that's part of that transition I mentioned. It's time now to start creating that continuity in the coaching staff, within the roster. Our players spent a year getting to know each other, a year getting to know the coaches and vice versa. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, we had 10 uh, playoff games of experience on our entire roster heading into the playoffs when some of the other teams had over 200. Um, so it's time to build upon what we experienced this year and create the continuity amongst the core that you absolutely have to have to have ultimate success in this league.
0: Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it.
1: Next, we're going to go to Ariana Vedia. Ariana, go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Greg. How you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Good to see you. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I kind of want to know, what was it like when you first met with Vicki Johnson and what expectations, you know, did you set out for her when first hiring
2: her? So I had known of Vicki because we've both been a part of this league for so long. And I think she referenced somewhere along the way, I think before the season, she was actually someone we spoke uh, to the last time we had made a coaching change. Um, so there was familiarity there with her. And her with me, um, so I, I knew what Vicky was all about. I knew Vicky was a great developer of players. I knew Vicky loved to be on the court to instruct and teach. Uh, and with a really young team, those were really important uh, aspects of what we were looking for in our new head coach. Um, and we talked, you know, about short term goals and long term goals, like you'd imagine we would. And as I've mentioned a couple times number one on the list short term was to get into the playoffs in 2021. And obviously that leads to bigger and better things down the road. So um those were the primary conversations and making sure we are aligned in terms of personnel and uh, how we wanted the team to be constructed and what we were looking for in terms of the players on our roster. What were the long-term goals you just mentioned? Win a championship like they are for everybody. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're here. That's what we're trying to chase and to achieve. And um, that's the same for everyone. That's the ultimate long-term goal. A lot easier said than done. But again, I think we took a big step forward this year uh, in heading that way.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Ariana. Next, we're going to go to Ron Thulev. And Ron, go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Greg. Uh, quick question. Biggest area of growth for this team,
2: this year yeah thanks i mean again macro just getting in the playoffs i know it was a minute but um just to get there and and have a sense of what that tastes like and i think it was great chicago a team that their core has kind of been there now this was their third year um, and you could see that disparity in the first part of the game uh last week they were just at a different level and certainly the coaching staff talked about it and the players talked about it but until you go through it you just don't know and we went through it and to our credit, we came out in the third quarter and uh, we made it a game and then we ran out of gas. Um, but now they have that and they understand it. They also have the feeling of disappointment after the game and an abrupt end to a very long season where a lot of work was put in by all. Um, so macro sense, that I think that's the headline. You know, when you break it down and get into the weeds a little bit and start looking at numbers, if you recall in the conversations I had publicly Last off season and going into the draft and what we were trying to address, number one on that list was rebounding, um, and we achieved that goal. We increased our rebounds per game by three and a half. We went from 10th in the league to 4th in the league, and we finished number one in the WNBA in offensive rebounds at 10 per game. That was a huge area of focus for us last off offseason, uh, and we did a great job, I think, of growing in that regard. And then the second priority was get better defensively. Um, and we did that too. I think we shaved, you know, over five points per game off of what we allowed on average from 2020 to 2021. So a couple of the key metrics from a statistical standpoint, we were able to achieve our goals.
1: Great. Thank you. Next, we are going to go to Bob Steinfeld. Bob, go ahead and ask your question.
3: Hey, Greg. How are you? Good Bob. Good. I could have a few
1: questions.
3: Uh, one of them, I, I just, you know, you were talking about rebounding a moment ago, and uh, that, that kind of works right into my, my question about Satu. And when she was out, we were hurting a little bit on offensive rebounds, and she came back and really made a big impact, yet she still didn't seem like she was at, at full speed, which just shows what her potential is. Um can
2: you give me an update about uh, how she is following the last game? Yeah, not a hundred percent. You know, she was dealing with um, an Achilles issue uh, for majority of the season, certainly the entire time after the all-star break. And um, really it was an Achilles issue that was um, founded in some stability and strength issues in one of her legs that was leading to um, the Achilles issue. So, Um, that's why the process for her to come back was seemingly such a long one. We were really working with her and our, our medical staff was working with her, um, to strengthen some parts of her body that directly impacted that, that situation and that injury. Um, and that's an ongoing process she's continuing to do as we speak post-season. Um, so hopefully, um, that's not a long-term issue for her moving forward. And then on top of that, you know, when you're out as long as she had been out, you know, fitness becomes an issue and you saw, in the home game here um, where, you know, she struggled with that a bit, but to her credit, fought through to the very end. Um, and, and I think that was also, you know, part of the issue in Chicago in terms of, you know, being able to stay on on the court. It's just hard no matter how hard you work off the court. And she certainly worked really hard off the court to replicate the cardiovascular demand of being WMBA WNBA game until you are in a WNBA game. So, um, you know, unfortunately she wasn't a hundred percent, but she battled, uh, to the very end, and gave us everything she had. And, and I think the same could be said for Izzy. you know, Izzy dealt with COVID. Uh, obviously, she was cleared to come back COVID-free, but cardiovascular, she wasn't where she was prior to departing us for a few weeks as well. And she wasn't able to give as much time on the court uh, in the playoff game as she or we probably would have liked. And, again, she battled and gave us every ounce of what she had, but I think it would be inaccurate to say she was 100%.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Bella
3: um, also seemed to uh, emerge, her confidence level seemed to go up. What would be your exit interview for Bella for this
2: season? Yeah, I think Bella is establishing herself as one of the better defensive young post players in the league. I think she is you know, significantly further ahead on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. So for her, you know, the message is when she goes overseas to play in Spain again this year, she's returning to the team that she was with last year. Um, you know, obviously her job over there first and foremost win basketball games for her European club, but while she's doing that to really work on getting comfortable, uh, with the basketball in her hands, um, and continuing to progress with her offensive game, uh, because that's where she really needs to take the next step when she returns for year three. You
3: know, last question, um, this year for all teams and especially, uh, the wings, um, you know, uh players coming in late, and then the the Olympic break uh, with with players being out, quali- trying to qualify and everything. So, how do you feel this this coming year without the Olympics? There, how much that could benefit this team? You know, getting into players here, you know,
2: earlier. I mean, we're not no leaving. Yeah, we're no different than any other team. The more time you have with your players particularly the more time before the season starts where you can really focus in and put in systems and work on player development and build the bonds you need to build, um, the better, but just like every other team too, we deal with it. And, um, we're no different. Every team has the same challenges. Uh, we're not special in that regard. So, uh, it is what it is. It's part of what we do and you know you have to adjust, um, on the fly really. Um, and you know, um, to the credit of the teams that are still playing, they did that because they were dealing with the same challenges that we were dealing with. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Next, we're going to go to Megan Price. Megan, go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Greg. Thank you for Hi. taking the time to talk to us. Sure. So after everything that we saw yesterday, was there a sense of relief seeing, seeing the sky play so well against Minnesota, knowing that
2: it was a really good team that knocked you out? I, mean, I don't think it was relief. We knew the Sky uh were a good team. Every team in the playoffs, every team in the WNBA is a talented team. Uh and that team in particular, like I mentioned before, it's kind of the third year in a row for that core group uh to make a run at something. Uh and they've had success and they have a lot of very talented veteran players. Um so did it shock me uh to see them win the game yesterday? No. I knew it would be hard because Minnesota is uberly talent duber talented as well and and has a core group that has been there before. Um, but at this point, any team that's still playing is really talented and really good. So nothing surprises me. Um, I knew we were playing a really good team uh, when we went to Chicago. And like I mentioned before, I was really proud of how our team responded in the second half um, against a really talented veteran team in the Chicago Sky.
1: Absolutely, thank you very much. George. Sure. Thank you, Megan. Do we have any other questions for Greg? Hmm. All right. Next, we're going to go to M. Adler. M, go ahead and ask your question. Just want to ask, you've got a lot of players with talent, different roles, who play better or worse with different teammates.
2: As the roster gets more expensive, how do you take that into account when making decisions? Sorry, I missed the first part of the question. Sure. Um, let me turn up my microphone volume. Then.
1: Not a lot of players with talent and who, who really excel in certain roles, uh, and they play better with different teammates depending on lineups. As the roster gets more expensive, we have to make decisions. How much do you take that into account when deciding what the roster looks like?
2: Yeah, every team deals with the you know the salary cap and the you know the certainty of what you can spend, uh, and we're actually I think in pretty good shape in terms of. Uh, someone mentioned earlier we have everyone under contract. Um, we have cap space for next year, and we project to have significant cap space for the foreseeable future, and we certainly built built this roster with that in mind to have the opportunity to not only be successful, um, but to have long-term success. That philosophical, the window opens and stays open uh, for a period of time, and I think we have ourselves for that at this point. In terms of the second part of your question, I think it it related to chemistry and players playing well with each other. That's obviously part of the equation too. It's, it's a team game and it's not just about individual performance, but how five Mm. players on the court work together to achieve the goals. And um, as we built this primarily over the last few years, that's certainly been uh, uh, part of our thinking and our strategy to make sure um, not only do we have really good pieces, but those pieces fit well together. Thank you.
1: Next, we're going to go back to Howard McDowell. Howard, go ahead and ask your question.
0: Thanks. I actually would love to jump on uh, what Emmett said um, to the specifics of your, your current team. It's not a typical situation to have in Marina and Arike, a couple of people who are close who have played together for as long as they have, you know, obviously Arike is a building block in some significant ways for this roster. I just wonder whether their specific history together and the way in which they've played together uh, changes the way perhaps you think of Marina in her future on this roster.
2: I mean, first and foremost, I think it's important to recognize that in the WNBA with only 12 roster spots, you have to make personnel decisions based on the person, their skill level first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, When we made the deal to acquire Marina two years ago from LA, um, it was about what we needed at that time and the player that I thought Marina could be in our league. Um, now, with that said, knowing that she had a strong relationship um, with Enrique from their college days certainly didn't hurt the decision, but it by no means was the leading factor in our decision. Um, and as I told her in her ex-interview a couple of days ago. I would also be lying if I said I knew she would be as good as she has been here. I knew we were getting a competitor, a player who could handle the ball, uh, a player who was a, in my opinion, plus shooter with the potential to be a premier shooter in our league. Um, and she played with an edge that uh, I like uh, and I thought we could use on our team. Um, but she has been better than I expected in terms of her ability to, Add to her game. Um, she was actually better shooting the basketball off the dribble this year than in catch and shoot situations. It was really ironic based on how she was perceived coming into the league in her first year in the league. Um, but that's a credit to how hard she works in the off season. She is one of those players that creates a very specific plan for the parts of her game that she wants to improve from season to season while overseas. Um, and she's been very successful in implementing that plan and executing it in the past. And I think she has a really good plan as she heads to Perth and plays in Australia and our off season. And I'm excited to see her when she comes back uh, for training camp, because I know she's going to be even better uh, than she leaves us this year.
0: And I just, just related to that to your point about it's at the end of the day, it's production, the two person lineups that they have had of, have- been consistently among your best uh, this season. I just wonder whether you view Marina and Enrique as the backcourt building blocks as you think through the continuity in the future of this roster. Yeah,
2: I think the certainty in that question is that both Enrique and Marina are definitely part of our long-term plan and the foundation of what we're trying to build. I think we need to still do a better job uh this is on me and Coach Johnson to figure out exactly what is the primary role for Marina. A little unfair maybe to her this year and that we asked her um to do multiple things sometimes in one game. Um, uh, you know, it's hard to play the point guard position in this league if that's all you are worried about. Uh it's even harder when you're worried about doing that, playing the two, and oh by the way, maybe go play the three for some minutes. Um and I think Marina handled that really well, and I think we can probably help her refining her role a little bit. Um, moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean she's not going to play multiple positions because she has the ability to it, and that's great value to a team, mm-hmm. but I think we can probably work at getting her a little bit more refined in her primary function within our basketball team.
0: Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Yep.
2: Thank you. Do we have any
1: other questions for Greg? Next, we're going to go back to Ariana Vedia. Ariana, go ahead and ask your question. I want to know what were your conversations like with Satu? Uh, you know, obviously she had her injuries, but you know, heading into the season and exiting to the season, did she exceed your expectations? Did she meet them? How did it work out?
2: I think Satu, um, is everything we thought Satu would be when we were fortunate enough to draft her number two overall two years ago. Um, I said it a lot back then. I'll say it again today. She's a number one overall pick, quality of player. I think her upside is hard to even quantify. I think she has a rare blend of speed, um, size, um, ball handling, skill, ability to shoot the basketball at a high percentage from great range. Uh, And I think if we can get her healthy for the large part for the majority of the season, you're really going to see that because she hasn't been healthy really uh, for the majority of either of her first two years, she's been dealing with stuff the entire time. So if we can get her healthy and keep her healthy, I think she's going to take another huge step forward, and she'll be in that position of premier players in our league. Do we have any other questions for Greg?
1: All right, well, thank you very much for joining us today, Greg. Thanks, everyone, for being able to hop on